In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. You gave me a brand new perspective, and so this might be a thing that a, a couple wants to do while they're quarantined at home. Go order some coffee beans online and, and roast them and have a good time. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you, because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army. We, we salute you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with our producer, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? Doing awesome. Hey, man, we got a lot to cover. We're actually doing a different type of episode. We've actually got a guy on that we're going to interview for an equipping episode. I think this is our first ever equipping interview, so I'm excited to bring him on. But do you got a man law for me? Yes, I do. This one is, guys, during this time, keep your mind and body focused and intentional. You know what? I didn't say busy, but I said focused and intentional. Well, that's really important right now because it's a mind uh, game. There are people panicking. There are people posting some crazy research on Facebook. My wife... uh, read an article about something, and I go, that's a bunch of garbage. She goes, no, it's true. It's a blog. I go, I write a blog all the time, and that's just my opinion. I write my blogs about my opinions. Just because I put pictures on there and research doesn't make it true. So you need to keep your head together. Uh, right now there's a lot of panic, and uh, those the panic is not a good thing. And one of the th- reasons why I came up with that is that plus with idle hands and idle minds – where it's this is a place where a lot of guys can slip into looking at things on the internet that they shouldn't be looking at. Yeah, that's a great point, Dale. And I would say also that uh, we're in a new normal. Essentially, a lot of couples needing to stay at home now. A lot of people aren't working. I would really recommend sitting down. Shannon and I sat down and wrote a brand new schedule out for us. We have a schedule every morning that we're going through, so that we know, and then she knows when I'll be home after work. And so I think it's really good. And I'm really excited today about our guest. We got a friend of mine from Buffalo, Wyoming, Cody Thomas is on. I've known Cody about three or four years now. He's 33 years old. He owns Bighorn Fit. It's a functional fitness gym in Buffalo, Wyoming. It is the place to be if you live in that area. If you, what's the What county? Johnson County? Are you in Johnson County? Yep. A whopping, what, 5,000 people in the county? <laughs> uh, just over. Yeah, and then you got 4,600 in Buffalo, right? Something like that? Yeah. So uh, you also, own, you right, also right. own Skyway Roasters. So what do you do at Skyway Roasters? Um, Skyway Roasters is a small operation coffee roasting. And so that's where we're. That's why we're on the show today, because last night I got an email from you calling me out a little bit on my podcast episode about being prepared. Uh, what was that podcast called, Dale? Do you remember? Dare to Prepare. Dare to Prepare. That's right. And, and talking about coffee. Now, you're going to laugh at this, Cody, but I actually am a coffee snob. I am very, very particular about my coffee. 
But on the podcast, I talked about storing coffee, and I store Folgers in a five-gallon bucket. It's about 20 pounds of Folgers. I just rip the tinfoil off the top and pour the – it's in, it comes in a red bucket, and I just pour it in there in a Mylar bag, oxygen absorbers, and I just kind of leave it sit. So why is that not a good thing? <laughs> well, He just vomited in his I mouth. I try not to knock the red can, but it's a dirty word in my house. But uh, I, I was just messaging you saying, man, when things get bad, you're going to want something really good and uh, coffee and those little vices that, and the everyday things that we love. Man, if you can have the best situation for those, it's going to set you up to have better morale all sorts of stuff. So that's a really good point because what people don't realize is in a situation like this, the mind game is huge and doing small things to create morale and to boost your spirits is a big deal. So Folgers coffee, I don't drink Folgers. Honestly, I don't ever drink it unless I go to a church function. Our church doesn't even serve Folgers. We serve a different uh, chain. Anyway, does Folgers do something to their coffee in the red can to increase the storage life? Is it kind of like some processed food or... Do you know anything about that? I don't, but my assumption is is that it's just really old coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been in a warehouse, and then it sits in a uh, grocery store. And then if it's ground coffee, then the shelf life is even uh, shorter because there's more surface area for air to get in and spoil it. So so the best, the best route is to get whole beans as close to the roast date as possible, and then you'll have the best cup of coffee. So the storage life for ground coffee is what, six weeks? Ground coffee is like weeks, uh, maybe even less yeah. around one for peak. It, I mean, if, if you really knew what you're tasting for in coffee, uh, the peak flavor is going to degrade within a week for ground coffee. So you had re- recommended whole bean coffee, but you recommended something that was really intriguing to me. You said, forget the whole bean roasted You need to get whole bean green or unroasted. Can you explain that? So raw coffee is an extremely hard and hearty substance. Just the physical properties of raw green coffee. Uh, Pests can't eat it. And if you store it in a watertight uh, bucket like you are with your products and get the oxygen absorber in there, wrap it up tight. It has, it'll have a shelf life of years uh, before it really starts to spoil just because it's so impervious to um, spoilage in its raw state. Now, I went online before this interview and I did a little bit of research, very nominal amounts of research, and I found that uh, I could store those up to two years, but you think maybe more? It didn't say how to store them, but if I stored them in Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers, you're saying we could go up to how long? Um, that estimate is probably uh, based on an operating coffee roasting shop. Okay. So um, you can see here, I got bins of my raw coffee, and I'm in there twice a week pulling beans out. But if you had it in an airtight container where you weren't even touching it, I bet you'd be able to extend the shelf life twice of what you read just because you're not in and out of it. That's that's really interesting. I had never thought about storing raw coffee so now where would i go to get raw coffee do you sell it or do you buy it from a grower um i buy it from a distributor and i have a couple origins that i'm buying directly from a farm um but the 
the champion for home roasters is a, I think they're in Oakland, is a place called Sweet Maria's. And they, and you could go, you could chase a rabbit hole on their website for days just reading materials and they, they give it all out for free a bit. But then they also sell um, home roasting machines and home roasting supplies. And you can buy any amount, I'm pretty sure, of green coffee from anywhere in the world. And uh, they're I've worked a couple times with them, but they're, they've just been awesome jump-starting our little business and uh, a first-time home roaster would be able to pick out any kind of coffee from their site and get it in five-pound bags, probably 50, and then be able to read for days about how to roast a good cup of coffee. But that's called Sweet Maria's. Sweet Maria's. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I think in America, coffee is a big deal. And that's why when I'm including, that's why I include coffee in my storage prepping, because I know for us that cup of coffee in the morning is a big deal, a good cup of coffee. Now I realize you you transition to a red can, that's not going to be a good cup of coffee. But let most of the guys listening to this podcast are coffee drinkers. I'm assuming, right? And so if I'm a guy who loves coffee, and if I'm a guy who's inspired from these podcast episodes on prepping to start storing some coffee that's great but how do i do do i have to hire a professional to roast this green coffee to get it ready i mean how can i as a guy who doesn't roast coffee professionally go from a green bean to a uh, nice roast that we really enjoy what are do i need tools or i need to call somebody um basic basic tools you'd be able to buy green beans and just do it the same day in your kitchen um with basic supplies and that's kind of where i started into coffee roasting Uh, my family moved to buffalo and we just couldn't find any good coffee and i thought well africans are doing it over an open fire in a cast iron skillet i can do it on a Mm. space age stove in my kitchen so i bought a little bit of coffee from sweet maria's and um basically I had a little saucepan. I put it, poured in, weighed in um, eight ounces of green beans and adjusted the heat. And you basically need heat and movement. And besides that, you're just baking. And um, you use all your senses, your sight, your smell, your sounds. And uh, you just watch the whole process. And it's, it's really fun. And most people don't know the process but to watch it unfold right in front of your eyes and um it's everybody could do it and it's really fun and basically what you would need is a little saucepan and then immediately after that you'd want some kind of colander or sieve to cool it immediately because it it goes from zero to 400 degrees fahrenheit within 15 minutes and i could talk all day about landmarks and parameters and stuff that you watch for but um you'd be able to do it right away it's really fun okay so help me out here when i'm hearing roasters i'm thinking put it in the oven and turn it to 400 but you said to roast coffee you need heat and movement so are you are you saying that the layman who's wanting to roast their green beans that they've stored should put them in the oven and shift them around or should they put them on a skillet and fry them at a medium heat I sh- forgive me for saying um, fry them, roast them. <laughs> I was going to get you there. It's dry. It's dry roasting. 
But if you have ever seen a chili roaster at a market or something or an open uh, farmer's market, they got this rotating drum with uh, open flames right below it. And it's uh, got fins inside the drum and it's moving the chilies constantly. So if you could imitate that in your kitchen and if you just have a small amount, you'd be able to hold your pan by the handle and just swish them around um, to keep them moving. But if they sit still, you're going to scorch the bean and it'll, we call it a roaster defect or a roasting defect where after the roast is done, you can spot um, scorches where a bean got caught in the roaster or sat on a certain side. So if you have constant movement, either with a whisk or just swishing the pan or the pot, um, you want a complete even roast. And my professional grade roaster is insulated and I have controls in there and a temperature gauge so I can monitor from the outside. Um, but if you were doing it on your stovetop, you wouldn't be able to enclose it and watch everything. So uh, you just have to move, keep constant movement and constant heat. And then once you get better at it, you can observe when to increase heat or decrease heat. And it's, it's all senses on board. Yeah, it sounds like it. So let's say I've got a cast iron skillet and I put a half a pound of beans in there and I've got a whisk or a bamboo spoon. I'm swishing it around and swirling it constantly cooking. Do you recommend cooking at high heat, medium heat, low heat, and for how long? And how do I know when they're done? Um, if you're, if you have a cast iron skillet, I would suggest using a whisk, but I experienced that the lighter saucepan, oh. like even just a cheapy aluminum pot that you can hold in your hand uh-huh. and move for 15 minutes, um, would, it, it works better. And your bean amount to your pot size ratio is, is something that's of importance, but you would figure it out pretty quick. Um, but the, the main landmarks for roasting coffee and your window is hitting 400 degrees within 15 minutes and you will know by looking at your open pot that you've reached the level of roast that you want but in between there's um a visual and an audio landmark called yellowing stage and then there's another one in between that called cinnamon stage and then the beans actually start making a popping noise and they're and we call it first and second crack and the yellowing stage you're shooting for between four and six minutes and if you're not the the beans actually go from the light green that they are and they start um, drying out and uh, you will be able to observe that. But if you're not hitting the yellowing stage between four and five minutes, you're not hot enough. But, and if you hit the yellowing stage before four minutes, you are, your heat is too high. Okay, so we start with a green stage, which is raw beans, throw them in a skillet, turn on the heat. Those beans should go from green to yellow in four to six minutes. And then when they get to that phase, they move into the cinnamon stage. And in the cinnamon stage, we're waiting for them to start cracking. Um, the cinnamon stage is between yellowing and the first crack. And you will know 
right away when it's first crack. It's, it's the, and in fact, after the yellowing stage, you're going to start making a mess. <laughs> There's a little skin that starts coming off of the bean and it's really light. So it's going to start flying all over your kitchen and then it's going to start smoking. <laughs> so this is the only drawback of roasting in your house. If you can have all the kids and your wife out so they're not complaining about what you're burning and turn on your exhaust fan. But well, after, so when it starts first crack, it's going to start making an audible cracking noise. And that should be around 10 minutes. And again, if you're hitting that way early, you're turning down your heat. And, uh, and then after that, if you're going really dark, which I don't suggest doing just personal preference, there's actually a second crack. And that's when you start really charring the beans and um some people like that what um, what time frame is the second crack usually um if you're rolling along it's usually around 15 minutes that you're going to hit second crack and it's going to be really smoking and that that's probably why I've stayed away from that just because I've always made a mess and it it really gets smoky in the house um but I I shut it off around a medium or medium light uh, color, and just just by looking at it, you will know what you like. And then after that, you want to cool it down as fast as possible. So if you can get outside to your colander or your sieve, start cooling it off immediately. And then after that, you want to store um, your freshly roasted beans in an in a airtight container. And then um, between eight and 24 hours, there's actually a chemical process going on where that's called off gassing. And in a small stage or a small size roaster, if you only have half a pound or a pound, it's not going to affect you at all. But some people really have to be conscientious about it. Cause if you have like a bucket full of a uh, bucket of 10 pounds of coffee, all that, all those beans are putting off gas and it can actually blow the lid off. And so if you are in the supermarket looking at bags of coffee, there's a little one-way valve on the bags. That's actually what that is. It's off-gassing. Oh, yeah. Releasing pressure from the bag so you don't have an accident. And most of the time that doesn't happen. But if, if it was really roasted dark and you had a high volume stored, um, you could have issues. So off-gassing, it's kind of like eating beans that haven't been soaked long enough. A little bit of off-gassing. <laughs> hey, so, so I have a question. You, I mean, I love what you're doing. This is, you're explaining some things really good, but I do have some questions. So Hit me. I still am not sure where the cinnamon stage is. Is this after the first 10 minutes? It's between yellowing and first crack. And oh, okay. you don't really, we don't really use it as a controlling stage. But it's just an observational point, and um, really the big one is yellowing and then first crack, and okay. you, you're adjusting your heat higher or lower at those landmarks. So I would probably recommend that guys go get a two burner, two or three burner stove, go outside and do this. Right, get out of the house. There you go. And what I've done um, when the weather's nice, I actually have a side burner on my grill, and I go yeah. out and have roasted on that. And that is a little bit more problematic just because you have atmospheric influences like uh, breeze. Um, you know, you, you want it to be nice outside. You don't want it to be raining. 
but if you can kind of put a windscreen around it and um, try to control the the heat a little bit better, uh, roasting outside really actually works great. So one last question. You said at the first crack, about 10 minutes in, if you're doing this on the correct heat, the skin will come off the bean and the beans will be flying and popping all over the kitchen. So though, when, um, that, when that happens, that skin that's left not popped, can that be part of the grind when I grind out coffee or do you have to remove all the skin from the bean? Uh, l- let me correct you again. It's not like popcorn where it's popping out of the pan. It's just an audible sound. And oh, okay. It's a, it's a micro or uh, yeah, it's a small action happening inside the bean. So it's not popping like popcorn, but it sounds like that. But the chaff is coming off and it's, you kind of, I've, I've just blow on it with my breath and just kind of puff it out of the pot. And actually if it remains in there, it can start to burn with the beans and it'll cause an adverse flavor. But if you kind of puff it out um, in the mid stage, you can get most of it out. And in fact, if un burnt chaff we call it is in your beans those won't cause any flavor uh, any flavor change but if you really roasted them hard and didn't blow them out of there you might taste a small flavor of it so you want to try to get them out and I'm, and I'm assuming based on what you've said we don't want to put them in a strainer and strain it out we don't want to run water over the roasted beans and get the chaff off that's a no-no correct okay correct and you never want to introduce moisture until you're actually brewing the coffee okay but yeah it's the, the sieve or the colander is just to get air moving over your hot beans. Oh man, that's, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. So after I'm done roasting, I'm going to try this, man. After I'm done do roasting, it. how long do I wait before I start brewing? <laughs> um, I would wait. I w- you could just wait a whole day. I mean, if you roasted one morning and then you brewed it the next morning, or even if you roasted it in the evening and then you wanted to, brew it right in the morning it's going to be super active you you'll grind it up and your normal coffee brewing process uh will look completely different it's going to be sudsing up and probably boiling out of your coffee pot depending on how you brew it wow um but i i have to suggest getting a high quality coffee grinder um Mm. if 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 i were gonna teach a class on uh, coffee brewing, my first point is always get a good grinder. And um, a lot of people will use the blender style. Um, but you have to, I mean, if you really want to take your coffee <laughs> brewing to the next level, get a um, a burr, B-U-R-R style grinder. Oh. And that'll just keep your particle size of your coffee grounds um, a little bit more consistent. So is that a manual? Radical- is that a manual crank? You said uh, a blender um, style, but how, how does it work? I have one that's a manual burr grinder, and that, I, if you're prepping, that's a must. You're, you might not have power. Mm-hmm. If you can grind your beans without power and uh, heat your water up without power, man, that's half the game. I've showed up to work when power's been out <laughs> in the city, and nobody else has coffee, but I do because I have a gas <laughs> stove and a manual grinder and a manual brew method. Wow. That's really cool, man. Well, Hey, I appreciate this. How do we get a hold of you on Skyway Roasters? Is there a website we can get order your product? Yep. We're on Instagram and then you can do a quick Google search, um, for Skyway Roasters and our 
e-store should pop up. It's through a third party from uh, through Square. Um, but yep, you can email me and my team at skywayroasters at gmail.com and just a little Google search, you'll work your way toward us. And so you're going to donate some coffee for those who are listening to this podcast. We're going to do a little giveaway. So what do we got going on? Um, we decided I was going to, from my shop, I'll ship whoever wins the giveaway a pound of coffee. And then we have some enamelware camp mugs, just the classic speckled um, blue awesome. or red. I forget what colors we have on it, but they're super classic. We'll be giving those away. I sure appreciate it, Cody. Hey, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. And you gave me a brand new perspective. And so I, this might be a thing that a, a couple wants to do while they're quarantined at home. Go order some uh, coffee beans online and, and roast them and have a good time. And so thanks for coming on the it's show, so guys. I really do appreciate it. So, guys, we'll be posting uh, this episode on our Equipping Blast that you can subscribe to when you go to our website and get a free copy of my electronic version of the Bathroom Book for Men, and we'll get you on that uh, Equipping Blast. Until next time, guys, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. Talking about your coffee. Ah, see what you did there. (laughs) Be a man. Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.